the Pine Barrens of southern Jersey. A desolate, dark, grim place with a reputation going back uh, as long as there have been people on this continent. Could this region be inhabited by a creature known by many names, but most commonly the Jersey Devil? Does this horrific beast stalk those Pine Barrens? The Jersey Devil. The Leeds Devil. Very interesting creature. From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller, conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten, and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. The Devil of Leeds is said to inhabit the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. This creature has been sighted for more than 250 years and is uh, quite the description. Oh, wow, yes. And in varied descriptions even. We're going to go with the most common here. It is a, a flying bipedal beast with uh, hooves, mm-hmm. described as at times as being kangaroo-like, with the a horse or a goat-like head. I think horse is the most common image that we're going to see. And horns. Uh, yeah, with horns. Leathery bat-like wings, with small arms with little clawed hands. T-Rex uh, syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, legs that end in cloven hooves and a forked tail. It moves quickly and emits a high-pitched, blood-curdling scream. Absolutely. The thing of nightmares. Uh, if you get online and you look up the artwork, you'll see sort of this stereotypical horse-faced beast. Kind of reminiscent, uh, going back to Dungeons & Dragons, uh, a worm. Yeah. Uh, kind of like with the tail. I, I the saw wing. comparisons to Wyvern. Yeah. yeah. Now, how do you get a creature like this, Eric? Oh, well, let's talk about the story of Mother Leeds. Oh, yes. So this story originates in the Pine Barrens with a Pine Barren resident that we're going to call Mother Leeds. Now, there are multiple women who might have possibly been Mother Leeds. They could have played this role, yes. The story goes, the story that I like the most, the story I'm going to go with, and I think Eric's going to flesh out some of these alternatives for us as we go, uh, that Mother Leeds had 12 children. So apparently she had a hobby that she was good at, and it was the one she stuck with, you know what I mean? If it works, go with it. <laughs> Mother Leeds found out she was pregnant with yet another child, and this would be her 13th. Ooh, that 13. We know the associations with the number 13. Mm. So after finding out she was pregnant in frustration, (laughs) Mother Leeds cries out, let this one be the devil. So on one stormy night in 1735, Mother Leeds goes into labor. Her friends and and, and family gather around her to make sure, you know, this was the the days when the communities had to come together for events like this and and of course she she brings this new baby crying screaming into the world and And at first I think it everything seems normal yeah the baby you know ten fingers ten toes yeah but the child began to grow abnormally fast like before their eyes and as it did it changed into this horrific creature with with a goat's head and bat wings forked tail and cloven hooves Growling and screaming. The, Flying around the room, yeah. beating people with the tail <laughs> yeah. on the wings. Growling and screaming, it attacks its mother and kills her. It attacks the other onlookers in the room, uh, some nursemaids and, and, and midwives, I guess. Uh, maims some and kills others. Then it bursts through the door into the adjoining room where the father and siblings were. It attacks and kills as many of them as it can before it finally flies up the chimney, exploding out of the chimney, if you will, 
uh, and flees into the Pine Barrens. And I would say never to be seen again, but that would be wrong. That would be wrong. The devil is is, is known to return. Elvis left the building, but the show must go on. So some versions of that story claim that Mother Leeds was a witch mm-hmm. um, and that the child's father was the devil himself. Now, Mother Leeds supposedly has been ID'd by some as Deborah Leeds. Her husband, when he passed, named 12 children in his will in mm-hmm. 1736. I found actual facts of that, so we, we know that's legit. Um, they they did le- live in what's the, the Leeds Point section of what is now Atlantic County, New Jersey. Uh, which is a common location for devil sightings. Right. Now, let me stop you there. The, the Barrens region, just to kind of put it in perspective, is massive, uh, about 1,700 square miles in size. Uh, it's an area of swamps, creeks, these giant cedar trees, and, of course, all kinds of shadows. Well, it's uh, it's actually a, a giant aquifer. It has dense stands of white cedar. The air is very calm and still, um, heavy shadows. Twenty-seven I mean, it's kind of a grim, scary-looking place. Twenty-seven varieties of orchids grow here. Yep, I thought that was kind of interesting. But for many, many years, it was considered, you know, inhospitable. Yeah, that un- un- uninhabitable. Um, what trails did exist were a few old Indian trails, and later converted to stagecoach kind of sandy trails. Well, yeah, during uh, well, and 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 even even when the the area did become kind of populated. Uh, gangs of highwaymen would yes. rob and attack the travelers in the barrens. I guess prominently in the you know 1700s yeah. to 1800s, it was kind of a forest of Nottingham, the well, Robin Hood theme. Well, people looked on the the inhabitants of of the Pine Barrens as kind of the dregs of society, and you know, and and I'm gonna you know my list here is people time frame appropriate, so I don't want to slander anyone. Uh, poor farmers, fugitives, brigands, Native Americans, poachers, moonshiners, runaway slaves, deserting soldiers. Uh, but they called people that lived in the Barrens Pineys. Pineys. That was kind of their name for those people. And uh, and supposedly the Pineys themselves only fostered certain stories about the area to, to, to sort of keep outsiders from looking for them. And, you know, if you had deserted soldiers and runaway slaves, you'd want to keep people out of that area. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the Pineys were further denigrated when there were two eugenic studies in the early 20th century that literally depicted them as being congenital idiots and criminals. <laughs> oh, wow. So... Um, it remained undeveloped for a long time and it, it does have a host of other legends, which I think we'll talk about after we talk about the devil, but it is, it is known. Like it has a reputation and there's a lot of, it's not a good, it wasn't a good place. Yeah, it's, it's a grim place. Such a grim place spawns such a, a grim creature as the Jersey devil. You know, the legend as Bill touched upon, there's a, there's a lot of things as you start digging in through the facts that. Maybe don't always line up, you know, with the dates and stuff. Um, as, as Bill said, Mother Leeds. I found one reference uh, that they said her name was Jane Leeds. Uh, the one that Bill mentioned was Deborah Leeds. Now, another belief is it could have been Deborah Jane Leeds, <laughs> and she went by her middle name. Yeah. Uh, but doing some historical research, there was, I did find the Deborah Leeds. Her maiden name was Smith. Uh, it was factual that she uh, married a Daniel Leeds. Um, and doing some of that research, Daniel Leeds, however, died in 1720. And that's, that's, that's a little early for this story. 15 years before the, <laughs> the birth of the so-called Jersey Devil. So, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily line up. But then you have the other side that argues, was the 1735 date actually accurate or was that when it was first recorded? 
So you kind of got to take this, you know, oh, yeah. as you go. Yeah, and with a story that reaches back this far, we're going a long ways. Records back. in the 1700s weren't exactly the best. Uh, so you know that 1735 date at best is is questionable. Uh, that maybe it was just the first time it was recorded and that legend was picked up. I did find that Deborah leads in history uh, in an area called Burlington, New Jersey, which is uh, another claimed birthplace for the for the Jersey Devil because we got. We got several areas here that's like, no, that, that, that's our story. No, that's, that's our story. <laughs> uh, now, Deborah Leeds' husband, uh, however, is recorded not to be a Daniel, but a uh, Jafet. That's the name I found. Uh, J-A-P-H-E-T, Jafet. Uh, now, uh, Jafet in historical records uh, did name the 12 children that Bill mentioned in his will, which he wrote in 1736, which would be one year after this time so, frame. So he, he didn't leave anything to the devil. He didn't mention that 13th child. Well, that's just rude. That is rude how you cut <laughs> that one out. Um, but, you know, that part kind of is compatible. Uh, now maybe De- it was one of the other kids. It says 12. Maybe he left, maybe he did he left the devil. The first left. one, the oldest one. He's out on his own. But Deborah and Jafet, uh, they lived in, at Leeds Point, as, as Bill said, now yeah. Atlantic County, New Jersey. Uh, it's one of the common locations of the Jersey Devil story. Uh, but much like the mother Leeds and the Jersey Devil myth, Daniel Leeds' uh, third wife had given birth to nine children. And, of course, there, here we have 13 children. So regardless, whoever the real Mr. Leeds was, uh, he was a very fertile counterpart, I guess is, <laughs> is a way to put it. I also read that um, the father figure wasn't necessarily totally actively involved with supporting the children at all times. You had mentioned, you know, Mother Leeds had called out, you know, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant again. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Part of that story is that she just couldn't afford to have that many kids and take care of them. Imagine, especially during that time frame. So. Before it became known as the Jersey Devil, it was commonly called the Leeds Devil or the Devil of Leeds. And the Leeds Devil began to be talked about more and more often by the late 1700s and the early 1800s. The Leeds Devil name, of course, is is attributed to all the earlier sightings with uh, such such people as Joseph Bonaparte, the elder brother of Napoleon. He claimed to see the devil while hunting on his Bordentown estate in in around 1820. And then in 1840, the the devil was blamed for several livestock killings. And uh, there were similar reports in 1841 that were accompanied by tracks and screams. And they were finding weird tracks. And again, these people, I mean, they did hunting and stuff. And they were unidentified at that time is what they were described as, unidentified tracks. So an 1887 newspaper article described sightings of the devil of Leeds being spotted near the Pine Barrens. And one of the quotes was, whenever he went near it, it would give a most unearthly yell that frightened the dogs. Now, in 1909, in my notes, I have it marked as when the Jersey Devil earned its name. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, it had always been the Leeds Devil or the Devil of Leeds. Now, these 1909 sightings cemented the creature as the Jersey Devil. That was January 16th is what I had down. January 16th yep. through 23rd. Mm-hmm. It, is, it was the, the most active flap of sightings. And it kind of starts... Uh, with a Commodore Stephen Decatur uh, visiting Hanover Mill to inspect cannonballs being forged, which this is one of my little favorite anecdotes here. Um, as they were there inspecting the cannonball works, he, they saw a flying creature that they could not identify. Now, if you're in a place making cannonballs and you see a flying creature, target, shoot at it. <laughs> Apparently, they shot a cannonball directly at the devil and struck it, blowing a hole clean through it. Didn't stop it. And didn't stop it. The devil just flew off and, and, and said the heck with it. Now, uh, during this time frame, there were many uh, unidentified footprints seen in the snow. Uh, now, these footprints went over and under fences, through fields and yards, across rooftops, 
They were reported from rural settings to large cities. Just, he was making the rounds. You said something there and I wanted to touch on it. Under fences. I saw that too. Yeah. So does that mean it was like passing, like past wall? Past. Was he, was he phasing through the fence? Was he just really short or uh, crouching down? Maybe. That caught my attention. It's like under fences. Hmm. Okay. Um, now when they took bloodhounds out to follow the tracks, typically these dogs would refuse. They would not follow devil tracks. I want no part of that. So the papers claim there were hundreds of encounters with the devil all over the state during this time frame. Um, the creature allegedly attacked a trolley car in Haddon Heights and then later crossed in front of the tra- crossed the tracks in front of another one in Burlington, uh, in, in, you know, to just wide open spaces there. Uh, it attacked a night meeting of a social club in Camden before flying away. <laughs> Party crasher. Um, here's another good one. In West Collingswood, it appeared on the roof of a house. Uh, for whatever reason, there were firemen present and they turned their hose on it. Uh, at which point it swooped down to attack the firemen before flying away into the, the night. If a cannonball doesn't kill it, let's shoot it with a big squirt gun. Yeah. Police in Camden and Bristol uh, fired on the creature to no effect. The creature later came back to Camden where to... A woman claimed that she found it trying to eat her dog. And, uh, I mean, she attacked it with a broomstick, and that seemed to do the trick. And it, it, it fled from her wrath. Uh, there now was, again, you have to consider, seriously? You, yeah. You, you drove off this <laughs> demon with well, a, that's what I'm saying. a broom. You got you got the cops shooting at it. You blow you blow it away with a cannonball, and this old lady attacks it with a, with broom, a broom, and that does the trick. She meant business. So uh, uh, there were sightings all over South Jersey and as far away as Delaware and Western Maryland. Uh, newspaper coverage caused fear throughout the Delaware Valley, but of course, local school children very much enjoyed this. Uh, it prompted school ch- closings and caused workers Yay! to stay home from work. Uh, so it, eventually, vigilante groups and uh, hunter, groups of hunters went out to roam the barrens searching for this creature. And it is rumored at this point in time that the Philadelphia Zoo posted a 10K Ten K reward, ten thousand dollar reward. Bring me that's, this critter. That's big money at that time. You bro. got that right. You know, later, and, and, and that's sort of the big Jersey Devil flap. That's when the Jersey Devil becomes the Jersey Devil. It's no longer the Leeds Devil. Now, of course, the story of its origins does not change. It is still Mother Leeds' 13th child. And that's, I mean, that's generally accepted. I did find some interesting, uh, less known versions of the origin. Uh, one is a tale of a young woman who encountered a passing gypsy. Again, we're talking about the type of people that lived there in the barrens at the yeah, time. Yeah, we don't, might, we don't mean to disparage you. No, not at all. But, you know, gypsies at that time frame would, yeah. have, would have definitely been in that. The gypsy had approached her begging for food. Uh, she was frightened and therefore refused. And in, uh, by refusing, the gypsy supposedly cursed her for the refusal. And years later in 1850... Um, I, I guess the girl had a, a child, her firstborn, and this curse is, is supposedly been the devil that she gave birth to because of that earlier decision not to <laughs> share some food. Another less known, uh, and still very intriguing, this this area was inhabited by pirates, even. Uh, Captain Kidd. I, yeah, I have a reference to him later on. Um, re- reported to have buried a treasure uh, <laughs> somewhere in Barnegat Bay, and the legend was that he had beheaded one or two of his men to guard that treasure forever, and accounts claim that that headless pirate and the Jersey Devil became friends, <laughs> and they were often seen on the evenings walking alone together along the shores of the Atlantic and the nearby marshland. Well, when you when you look like the devil... You know, you Who gotta, else are you going to hang out with? Going to hang out with headless ghost pirates. <laughs> 
So sightings, of course, don't end in 1909. They continue, honestly, they continue on until modern day. Yes. Uh, In 1925, near Greenwich, a local farmer shot an unidentified animal as it attempted to steal his chickens. This one's interesting. Yeah, he took photographs of the corpse, which, you know, 1925, if you're taking photos, you had a buck or two on you, you know. Now, unfortunately, cheap. I couldn't find that photo. I never did find a copy I, of the I, picture. I thought this is this would be interesting. But, but he did claim that none of the 100 people who saw that picture could identify the creature in the picture. So yeah. you would think if it was a common animal for the area, people wouldn't know it. In 1927, a taxi driver in Salem City claimed the devil landed on the roof of his cab and proceeded to pound on it like it was trying to get in before flying away. Uh, July 27th, 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes is seen by residents of Downington, Pennsylvania. Uh, and it was, you know, this, these sightings were compared to the devil by a local reporter. 1951, a group of Gibbstown, New Jersey boys claimed to have seen a monster matching the devil's description. 1957, claims of a corpse matching the devil's description circulate throughout the region. 1960, again, we find some tracks. And then there were noises heard near May's Landing. Uh, the people attributed to the devil. At this point in time, the police hung flyers assuring citizens that the Jersey Devil was in fact a hoax. There was no Jersey Devil to be worried about. Local merchants offered a two hundred fifty thousand reward. Two hundred fifty thousand dollar reward at this point. They offered to build a private zoo to house the creature if someone managed to capture it. And apparently, around the same time, also a circus owner offered a one hundred thousand dollar reward for capture of the devil. So now let me let me stop there. Interrupt you there. That wasn't the first time, second, third, fourth time this has been attempted. I actually found uh, the newspaper article, 1909 time frame, where this this group, uh, there was a Mr. Jeffries and his friend Jacob Hope actually purchased a kangaroo from a circus <laughs> and glued artificial claws and bat wings onto it. Wow. Uh, and, of course, this is 1909. I was able to find a copy of this uh, newspaper article flyer. And it, it says, Ninth and Arch Museum, caught and here alive, the Leeds Devil. Captured Friday after a terrific struggle. Uh, it says, uh, exhibited exclusively here. And it, it talks about it swims, it flies, it gallops. <laughs> it's like a toy that you order through a comic book. It, uh, it, it goes downstairs alone or in pairs. Exhibited securely chained for your safety and inside of a steel cage. It's a living dragon. Uh, 10 I, cents to come. Uh, I love and, and those old timey, like come and see the, the you know, whatever sideshow kind of like, stuff in this day and age. If someone caught the Jersey devil, they'd be like, Hey, come see the Jersey devil. But man, Posted back on then, YouTube. they're like, come see this horrific fiend. <laughs> but they admitted to doing this because they were having some struggling issues and financial. So, Hey, let's buy a kangaroo, slap some wings and some claws on it. We can charge admission. <laughs> My, that's definitely some, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Creative thinking. P.T. Barnum kind of. <laughs> 1972, Mary Richard Christensen told Weird New Jersey that she got the, quote, heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. One night. Um, this is kind of an aside here. When we were growing up. I was going to say, heebie-jeebies is a term you don't hear much these days. When we were growing up, I remember in Ohio, there was a radio advertisement. We'd heard it a couple times. Me and my brother quoted to this day. It made us laugh. We thought it was funny then. I still think it's funny now. They were talking about drinking uh, dirty water out on the prairie was a good way to get the whooping EBGBs. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things that sticks in your mind. Alrighty then. But anyway, Mary Christensen, she spotted the devil on Green Tree Road. She was driving back from Blackwood to Glassboro when she saw a towering figure cross the road about 25 feet behind her car. She described it as standing taller than, the, than that of an average man. 
with thick haunches like a goat and a great woolly head. Hmm. 1980, Wharton State Forest Chief Ranger Alan McFarlane, he came upon a brutal scene when he was called in to, a, to, to check on something at a South Jersey farm where a pack of pigs had been killed. Their backs and their heads had been eaten and the bodies scratched and torn. There was no tracks and no blood on the ground. Well, what imply it flew in. Yeah, I mean, who are you going to blame when you see something like that? 1993, forest ranger John Irwin was driving along the Mullica River when he saw a strange creature blocking the road up ahead. He described it as being six foot tall with horns and matted black fur, and they stared at each other for several moments before it turned and ran into the forest. And then this is one of my more recent sightings, and I do like the story because it kind of gives you a little chuckle. 2015, Galloway Township, uh, sometime in October, a, a resident of Little Egg Harbor, which is kind of a neat name in itself, yeah, yeah. name of David Black, he was driving along Route 9 near a golf course. He saw what looked like a llama walking in and out of the trees a along llama. the edge of the golf course. Okay. He, he kind of watched it for a little while when suddenly the creature kind of trotted out into the open spread its giant bat-like wings and flew away. <laughs> now, there is an alleged photograph of this online. It does look like a goat with wings in the picture. So you found the picture. I, I did see the picture. Its scale is hard to, to make because it's taken from a distance and it just kind of focuses on the creature. But it's a, allegedly, the, the, the photo has been checked and proved as legit. Like, there's no uh, Photoshop or, or fakery involved. Huh. So, um... A llama, though. A winged llama. That's yeah, a little a bit different than it's the normal It's a little bit different than the other descriptions we've had there. So Interesting. I'm going to go back and let's talk a little bit more about Mr. Leeds. Um, this is a very interesting gentleman. And uh, again, it depends on which Mr. Leeds you're talking about. But in particular, I'm, I'm speaking about Daniel Leeds. Are we going to talk about his time, I guess, rivalry with Ben Franklin? Yes. <laughs> we're we're going to get into the Ben. Ben Franklin plays a role, uh, a small role. In but, the Jersey uh, Devil In this story. Jersey Devil story. But uh, Mr. Daniel Leeds, uh, back in the 17th century, this area was uh, English Quaker area. They established uh, settlements all over the you know southern New Jersey area, the Pine Barrens included. Now, Mr. Daniel Leeds, he was a Quaker, of course, and a prominent person of pre-revolutionary uh, war status. He became ostracized from the Quaker congregation. Uh, after his 1687 publication, uh, it was an almanac, and he, for whatever reason, started including astrological symbols and writings. So apparently, you know, he was a bit more of a free thinker of his time. To a point, uh, he became very familiar with what, of, what at that time would have definitely been considered magic of the day. And I'm just wondering, you know, could this have been a piece of the puzzle leading up to the whole story of, of the Jersey Devil? Leeds' uh, fellow Quakers deemed the astrology and these almanacs to be pagan, blasphemous. Uh, they tried to censor them and started destroying the almanac. You know, in response and in spite of the censorship, Mr. Leeds pushed on. Uh, he continued to publish even more writing and became increasingly fascinated even more with the occultism and mysticism. It's a, even demonology was mentioned. Now, obviously, I, I, I believe this could kind of go back to more of a demonology aspect. This type of behavior, of course, in rebellion followed, plagued Mr. Leeds uh, and the Quaker community, put them butting heads constantly. You know, he condemned them for rejecting more of the New Age tendencies. And of course, you know, the, the Quakers weren't having any part of that. They, they wanted to remain that way. But then comes in Mr. Benjamin Franklin himself. 
and I, I will censor this, but I got to say, Mr. Ben Franklin was a bit of an a-hole. <laughs> um, I, I do, as we explain, as you explain that story, I, I do really get a kick out of, of how Mr. Franklin conducted this, himself. This is crazy. I mean, it's like, <laughs> they don't teach this history in school, but, um, Daniel Leeds' son, uh, his name is Titan Leeds. Now he inherits his father's almanac. Uh, I just want to say how cool a name that is. That is a cool name. Titan right? Leeds. Titan. Uh, he wanted to continue on with this, and he picked up right where his father left off. Uh, we're talking astrological content, uh, eventually begin to compete with the very popular Ben Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac. This kind of made them competitors, if you will, at that <laughs> time frame. And this competitiveness between the two men intensified. Uh, during 1733, Franklin uh, used the astrology in his almanac to predict Titan Leeds' own death in October <laughs> of that same year. Franklin's prediction was intended as a joke at his uh, competitor's expense, but uh, Titan Leeds apparently was kind of offended. I uh, wasn't impressed with this joke uh, and the whole death prediction, so he published back a, a counter rebuke uh, and called Franklin a fool and a liar. Now, you know, here's where Ben Franklin kind of does the a-hole card. And, and I love this. This is uh, great. He published uh, in response, uh, he mocked Titan Leeds' <laughs> outrage and humorously suggested that, in fact, Titan Leeds had died, as he had predicted earlier, and he was writing from, as a ghost state, you know, ha taunting him and haunting uh, Ben Franklin. I love that. You, no, you're dead. Yeah, you're, you're dead. dead. No, I don't care what you're saying. I know you're still publishing yeah, I don't stuff. know how you're talking to me. You're yeah, dead. But you're dead. I, I, I predicted it. It happened. <laughs> We're moving on. Now, Franklin continued to, to joke with Titan Leeds uh, as this, he considered him a ghost. He publicly <laughs> called him a ghost. And then Titan Leeds actually did die in 1738. And the joke went on. Ben Franklin, it was like, you know, no respect for the dead. I, I told you he was dead. See, he's, he's dead. He's buried right there. But before he passed away, about 1728, and, and this is kind of where I think the family really embraces the story and it really gets a foothold in American history. Uh, he begins to include the Leeds family crest on the mastheads of all the almanacs. I the believe it, it features a wyvern-like creature. A bat-winged dragon, yeah. wyvern, uh, you know, and, and they have, they've adopted this. This is now their family crest. Uh, and that started coming out on all the almanacs, on their letterheads. Uh, inclusion of the family crest on the Leeds almanacs, you know, obviously I think contributed to that Leeds family's poor reputation among the locals. Uh, again, this is a very Quaker, strong community. Uh, they'd already been excommunicated, essentially ostracized. Uh, you know, this wasn't helping their case. <laughs> I mean, they were just full throttle. So, yeah, it, this continued on and, and on and on. But, yeah, Ben Ben Franklin, kind of an a-hole. I, I love, you're dead. You're not, I don't know who's talking to me because you're dead. <laughs> well, he even publicly, again, going back to Ben Franklin, he's like, you know, this man, this man's dead, but he's a bad man. I mean, they, they talk about his former wives. Look at his wives. His wives are all dead. You know, this man can't do anything right. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's got you know, all wow. these children just strung across, you know. The, he was just again, rude. Just a jerk. Just an absolute jerk. So, yeah, that's, that. and, and again, I just, that whole, that that's crazy. Oh, I, 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 I couldn't believe when I stumbled and, across. But, uh, but, but sometimes when you do the research for one of these stories and you find one of these connections like that, because honestly, I had heard the story of Ben Franklin treating someone like they were dead. I didn't realize it tied into the lead. Oh, story. he wasn't treating him. He was dead. Yeah. He predicted it. So, uh, <laughs> so again, the, the, the Pine Barrens themselves spawn all sorts of crazy stories, uh, just due to their, their sort of 
ominous appearance and then whatnot. And then again, like we said, the Pineys themselves would kind of foster some of these stories. Right. So uh, they do see the ghost of Captain Kidd himself. Hmm. Uh, and supposedly he was buried along with his treasure eventually in the Barrens. And that he is seen in the company of the devil from time to time. And then there's the ghost. And you'll have to forgive me, I'm using the terminology of the area. The ghost of the Black Doctor. There was a benevolent African-American doctor who entered into the Barrens area to practice medicine in the isolated communities and try to help this un, unserviced area. Right. Very uh, after, respectful. After being forbidden to practice elsewhere for, you know, unfortunately, reasons, reasons at of the his time. race. Yeah. And it's said that his spirit is still there and then helps injured and lost travelers in the area. You have a ghostly black dog that haunts the area. Now, typically black dog legends, you know, you see the black dog and you know that's going to. Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's a bad sign. Um, this one is actually typically harmless and, and sometimes helpful. You have what they call the ghost of the golden haired girl, which is a spirit that often is seen staring out to sea, dressed all in white, apparently mourning for a lost lover. You have a white stag story, which if you're kind of familiar with those, you know, it's a, a, a ghostly white deer of, of larger than average size, which is said to rescue travelers from danger. Uh, there's a lot of mythology, um, of around white stags. Wow, this sounds like a D&D adventure. Uh, actually, the, one of the Dragonlance novels has a white stag story in it. Nice. So, uh, and then uh, you have the Blue Hole, which I have been to a Blue Hole. I don't think I was at the Blue Hole. But it's an unusually clear, blue, round body of water. And they're typically, like, springish, kind of. They're just these, these for better uh, lack of better terminology, almost like a shaft, like a natural shaft right. that's just incredibly deep. And and the water is is very clear Crystal and clear. pure, so it it has that blue color. By the time you know you get down to the depths, and apparently the devil is is often associated with that particular body of water in some fashion. Hmm. Well, as you would expect with you know a tale going definitely back two hundred and fifty years, there's the people that have you know they suggest hoaxes and and things. And I mentioned the uh, ingenious nineteen oh nine. Hey, let's let's buy a kangaroo and you know put some wings and stuff on it. Um, Gordon Stein in the Encyclopedia of Hoaxes, which was published in 1993, noted that you know a lot of the alleged footprints of the Jersey Devil in, in the 1909 time frame resembled a horse's hoof. And obviously there was a lot of horses in the area. And, and you know, um, and this may be something we touch on later on, uh, kind of reminiscent of the Spring Hill Jack story, too, with the, the devil prints, you know, quote unquote devil prints, which were described as, as hoof prints. Right, right. So, I mean... Yeah, a hoof print, a mule print, yeah. you know, it's all going to kind of fall in, the, in that. But he did find, according to Stein, he did find that a man had later admitted coming forward that he had faked some of the own footprints basically to keep people out of the, the Pine Barrens. So again, you've, you've got a lot of people that's trying to live there, doing the best they can. I can understand that. You know, well, let's and, embrace and this and we'll put some fake tracks out well, here. Like and, we said, the, the kind of spread stories to keep people out of the Pine Barrens. Well, you know, we're talking about runaway slaves and deserters and such. They don't want people coming to find them. Oh. So, yeah, if you could, you know, continue these tales and, you know, you don't want to come here. This is a dangerous place. We got devils running around. Right, right. And again, you know, a tale of horror, 250 years in the making. There's so many references for the Jersey Devil. I mean, uh, X-Files did an episode with the Jersey Devil. Their uh, episode, I think it turned out to be a person, but like a feral, but again, wild person. But a reference, you know, keeping that legend alive. Yeah. There was actually a, a video game inspired with the Jersey Devil. There was a movie called The Wolf Among Us that I guess somehow was related 
to there's, that. There's a movie called The Thirteenth Child. That was my next one on the list. By the story, yeah. Uh, apparently, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles even <laughs> referenced it in one of the cartoon versions, and then later in a video game, uh, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. For some of us old timers who remember that, there was a reference in one of those uh, episode adventures. There was a movie called The Baron. Uh, that was about that. Another movie called Carney, as in like Carnival Carnies. Yeah. Another one simply called A Night with the Jersey Devil. Uh, Ooh, was what, one kind of, what kind of movie is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Featured on Legend Quest, one of the many you know TV series. Uh, Gravity Falls, the TV series, I guess had references. I'll, I'll, I'll say now, if you, if you never saw Gravity Falls, I know it's a cartoon and it's a kid's cartoon. It is it is worth watching. I really enjoyed it. We, me and my kids loved that. I haven't watched that. And very, very much, you know, a cryptozoology, mm-hmm. unexplained phenomenon kind of show. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they had a Jersey Devil episode. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, but yeah, I could totally see them doing that. Well, then even here, 2020, I mean, we're in 2021, obviously, but 2020, uh, Six Flags theme parks are currently working with Rocky Mountain Construction to design a new Jersey Devil-themed roller coaster that's, <laughs> that's going to take out. So, I mean, this, this story has been kept alive. It is, I think, forever etched in America's history of uh, cryptozoology. Uh, there's the sports teams. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the first Jersey Devil of the Eastern Hockey League Yeah, uh, started in 1964, folded in 1973. Uh, it was the, Jersey, the New Jersey Devils of the National Hockey League, and they've played since 1982. I believe uh, Kevin Smith commonly wears one of their jerseys. And then uh, I guess current team was formerly known as the Colorado Rockies. Uh, their name was chosen uh, by a poll shortly after the team relocated to New Jersey. So, I mean, there's th- this is definitely a story we're, I don't think, ever going to be able to get over. Well, to, it is, it's, it is. It's forever etched. It's American tradition. It's one of, one of our original American monsters. But, yeah, to look at this thing, I, I'm looking at images. <laughs> I, it's unlike anything else. Oh yeah, you know, if if you when you get the time, you definitely have to look at the one uh, that's the the llama picture that I was talking about, where it just—I mean, honestly, the picture just kind of looks like someone's got a little goat on strings. But <laughs> again, they say it's it's not edited in any way, so right, who knows? Right. But yeah, you know, obviously, I've got a soft spot in my heart for creatures and monsters and things like that. As do I. So I, I love the when we get an opportunity to talk about something like the Jersey Devil. And when you you dig into the history, I mean, when you're when you're researching the Jersey Devil, who who thinks you're going to stumble upon this connection to Ben Franklin even, and and you know stuff like that? And you know, we probably you know realistically, we probably could have done a whole episode just on the Pine Barrens when you start looking at the the lore from that area. Oh yeah, definitely. So, but again, I mean, the mystery it's not a clear one. It's so far back in history. You know, I don't think anybody's ever going to know for sure the origins. Like, you know? like we said, the dates don't even really line up. You were talking about, you know, Titan, and he would have died before the devil was supposedly born. And you're talking the son of the guy. Yeah, that, was, I mean, that was Daniel Leeds. Or, yeah, the yeah. Daniel Leeds. Yeah, 17 years, I believe it was, before he was, so you're, was born. You're, so, eh. The timelines don't even add up. And again, Maybe he was dead, but he came back also. He was. <laughs> the whole world was like, oh, no, you're dead, buddy. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm right here. Nope, I, I'm staying I'm here. here. I, I fathered a 13th child just to prove I'm still alive. But uh, <laughs> there, there, I mean, obviously there's a sinister aspect to it. You know, uh, back in the day, witchcraft, you know, was it, was it, uh, the devil's spawn, if you will. Was it a woman just last ditch effort with 12 children already uh, cursing it, herself? And, and we know that the, the, you know, children had later on in life. There's, there's chances for things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. 
you know, was it was it just a baby born with birth defects, and then possible? You know, they 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 spin out into this crazy story. And there, there's it, there's all kinds of things, and and some of the stories you read that it would transmorph, like the when the baby was yeah. born, it was totally natural, as you said, five fingers, five toes, everything normal, but then it would like polymorph, if you will, yeah, into this demon, which then makes you think, and a lot of people you know, would suggest, well, how does this thing stay hid? Well, maybe it polymorphs back to a human form and, you know, blends in more with society. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. That's you know, the whole kind of lanthropy kind of, kind of thing. So I don't know, a lot of, a lot of unknowns, um, a lot of, I think things just kind of thrown to the wall to see if they stick. And if, <laughs> if you start digging in the webs, maybe it doesn't all line up, but, uh, you know, like most stories, it, it started from a, grain of truth somewhere well if i ever find myself in southern jersey i i will almost guarantee you i will take a detour into the pine barrens at some point absolutely absolutely. (laughs) all right folks well we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of nightmares on the lost highway thank you so much for listening we'd like to give a shout out to our first uh paying sponsor raven's loft that's our family shop here located in uh, lebanon missouri It's your one-stop gaming, vintage toy, and collectible shop where you can find Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, comics, vinyl records, role-play gaming, Magic the Gathering, and so much more. We're located here at 223 West Commercial, downtown Lebanon, and also in our second location, uh, also here in Lebanon, at the Heartland Antique Mall. We'd like to thank Ravensloft for, again, supporting Nightmares on the Lost Highway. I want to take a time to thank the people that helped bring this all together. Uh, Alex Tudor, you can almost call him our producer at this point. Sarah Tudor, who also helps with some of the technical stuff. I want to take a moment to extend thanks to Eric for letting us use his space to record in kind of our makeshift studio. I, in turn, would like to thank Bill for, one, putting up with me and uh, (laughs) using this camaraderie to do something we both very much love and enjoy doing. And thank Bill's family for allowing him to spend all the time to work and clean up our recordings and present them in what uh, you hear in the final uh, terms, uh, the final edition, if you will. Um, and we'd like to thank all of you for continuing to, to listen. I know we've got some loyal followers out there. We do this as a labor of love, but we're, we're happy that there are people that enjoy it as, hopefully as much as we do. Thank you very much.